Uh, Chris. I'll give you your word now if that's all right. Father, we thank you for Chris. We thank you for his life. Mark, Mark 3, we'll get there in a second. There is a tremendous anointing upon you, upon your family. I believe even, even a call to full-time ministry. There's a multi-level uh, unction that's in you for business and for ministry. Uh, the enemy has, has tried to place a lie within you, son, that you're disqualified or uh, you're not able to do it. And you thought, well, it's just others. There's a, but there's a purity about you in your heart for the things of God. And you know what it is to be, like I do, really forgiven. And to those who have been forgiven much, love much, and that's you. And there's a great love in your heart for people. And I see the hand of the Lord coming upon you and your wife. And the Lord says, son, I'm going to straighten out some of those things that you're concerned about. I'm going to be, I've begun to deal even behind some closed doors. I've begun to touch the hearts of some. And I'm, I'm, I'm straightening out that which needs straightening. So don't worry. Just continue to seek me, says the Lord, with all your heart. Delight yourself in me and I will give you your desires that I've placed even there. Isn't that something? As we delight ourselves in Him, He brings about the desires that He placed within us. And there is greatness within you. There is greatness within you. I see you writing music. I see you not only singing, but I see you teaching others. I see you leading uh, worship. I see you being used powerfully to preach. There is a prophetic gifting that's on the inside of you. There's been times you said, Lord, why did you have to make me so sensitive? You know, because you've been, you've been hurt. And you've asked, you know, why, why did I have to have such a tender heart? And, and even the enemy would whisper to you and say, well, you know, you're just like a sissy kind of a thing. But there's a tenderness of the Spirit of God that God has placed on the inside of you. And the enemy's tried to get a hold of that, tried to pull it inside out at different times and seasons. But now, as you as you become a man, and now as you're growing and being nurtured in the things of the Lord... That sensitivity is going to turn out to be the greatest asset that you have. I'm going to give you a gift of discernment that's going to be keen. You're going to know things before you even walk into situations. It's already begun to happen. In fact, the Lord says, if you'll begin to check yourself in your time of prayer and worship and your time with me, as you walk out of that place filled with joy and exuberance, and then you walk into other situations, you'll begin to smell secondhand smoke. You'll begin to discern things, and it's not you, says the Lord. You'll begin to figure some things out. And this is even making sense now. God's going to equip you. He's going to train you. The time of training is upon you. You're to give yourself to it and quit disqualifying yourself because of your past. Quit disqualifying yourself because of the words that were perhaps spoken over you. Or what you think. Line yourself up with what God says. He's given you a great wife. He's given you a tremendous wife and a, and a, a tremendous family. And I just see the Lord coming and touching and bringing even greater fruitfulness in your marriage. You already have four kids. I don't mean so much that. I mean... <laughs> I mean... Spiritual fruitfulness. So, you know, maybe you'll have more kids too. I don't know. That's up to you. I guess it's good. I'm good. Kids, are, righteous people should have kids. How many of you think so? Amen. 
But there's going to come a, a if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. There's coming a synergy of prayer and and anointing. We recording this? Good. There's coming a synergy of prayer and anointing as you learn to flow together. And uh, what a power-packed couple God has made you to be. You have not yet seen the fullness of it. and Maybe you've seen a drop of it. It's coming, says the Lord. Be of good cheer. Be encouraged. You will go back to the islands and you will know that something's different. For even from this night forward is coming a greater unction for discerning a prophetic mantle an increase, the sensitivity to the Spirit of God. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you discernment and I'm going to show you when you need to protect your heart and when you can open it. And I'm going to begin to sift. There's a sifting coming to some relationships, some people that have been in your life that the Lord is going to begin to sovereignly sort of remove or give you wisdom of who you should keep at arm's length. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's God. You're on the threshing floor says the Lord. A threshing floor is a place of great joy and it's a place of separation. You're going to cut yourself away from some things. There's, there's, a, there's a flint knife coming to your life. And that's symbolic. So you, you, you all talk about that later. The flint knife. Okay? He's cutting away that which is not useful. And He's going to make you a vessel of such power. And anointing. When you sing, when you play, when you speak, it's going to melt hard hearts and it's going to release the healing balm of Jesus. Touch Him now. Amen. Says the Lord. Amen. Good word. Praise God. Mark 3. All there? Hey, we love people here. And it's all right just to take time to give somebody a, a, a life a life giving word. Mark three, chapter chapter three, verse one. Ready, set, here we go. Another time he went into a synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everybody. And then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger. In deep distress at their stubborn hearts, He said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You for what You're going to do. Thank You for what You've already done. In the moments that remain in the service, come and touch us by Your anointing, by Your power. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles and now turn to Isaiah. I love that passage of Scripture there in Mark. And I want to contrast that for a moment from Isaiah 66. 
Verse 1 of Isaiah 66 says, This is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit, and trembles at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like the one who kills a man. Whoever offers a lamb, like one who breaks a dog's neck. I want you to go further down. Go to verse 15 of Isaiah 66. See, the Lord is coming with fire, and His chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down at His anger with fury, and will rebuke the flames of fire. For with fire and with His sword, the Lord will execute judgment upon all men, and many will be those slain by the Lord. Those who consecrate yourself, focus on this now, those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following the one in the midst of those who eat the flesh of pigs and rats and other abominable things, they will meet their end together, declares the Lord. In contrasting these two Scriptures, I want to talk to you about a spirit of religion and the freedom that comes in Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, which we'll look at a little bit closer here in a moment, Jesus is there. I, I think He just would wake up on, on the Sabbath day and go, yeah, I'm going to really irritate some people today. And He would go to the synagogue and would just make a ruckus. Here in Isaiah 66 is a picture of a spirit of religion. Those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens. Spirit of religion. The spirit of religion is the one who uses God's Word to execute his own will. It's worth writing down. Religion will rob you. Religion will steal from you. Religion will leave you dry and destitute. Rules, regulations, traditions of men. The Spirit of the Lord, however, will refresh you. In Mark 3 now, go ahead, you can turn back there. Here's Jesus in the synagogue. There's a man with a shriveled hand. Is it possible tonight that there's people here with a shriveled hand? The King James says weathered, a withered hand. Is it possible that you're here and your life is withered? Your marriage might be withered or shriveled. Your walk with Jesus might be shriveled. Your relationship with your kids might be withered. One of the first things that Jesus did in the Gospels is he, when He went to church, he, He'd cast out demons in church. Are you telling me there's demons that come to church? Absolutely. Because they're connected with people. And here's this guy who has a shriveled hand. 
And there's these religious people who were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched Him to see what He would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus calls the man and says, Stand forth in the King James. The NIV says, Stand up in front of everybody. Jesus asked him, which is lawful to, on the Sabbath to, to do good or eat, to do evil, to save or to kill. And they remain silent. Religion believes in healing, but is afraid. Never moves forward in healing because of a spirit of fear. What if they don't get healed? What if they do? Does anybody need healing tonight? You need healing. During the course, raise your hand if you need healing. During the course of tonight's service, which is only the, the, the message, I'm only going to preach for about 10 or 15 minutes, you're going to begin to feel God's power come on you to heal you. So how do I know that? Because He told me He's going to do it before I ever got here. So I want you to just be aware of that. But some of you are here with a shriveled hand, and, and your hand's all shriveled, but you don't want to talk about it. God will always point at the thing that's messed up in your life and ask you to do something with it so that He can heal you. Bring, reach forth your shriveled hand. No, your other shriveled one. Can you imagine being the guy with the shriveled hand? Imagine that. Stand up there in front of everybody all embarrassed, maybe. Stretch forth your hand. I'm so thankful that people come. Now, our church is really like a hospital and a university all at the same time. Broken people should come in here, but if you don't get healed, there's something wrong. Amen. And I'll tell you, just from being in this house, if you come here, you will get healed. I don't mean just physically. I mean every, every part of your life. And you'll get trained. But if you don't start moving forward, if you just get a spirit of religion in your life and not the Spirit of the Lord, then you'll never move forward to do something. I love when Thomas Sherry. I mean, I love hearing all of those testimonies. They're powerful. It's amazing. I have my own daughter come back and tell me stuff that I didn't know. Testify. What I saw on Tom when he testified was a heart of compassion. Realizing that if we don't help these kids who are shriveled in their hands, who's going to help them? And many of you are, many of you are here tonight. You just thought, well, I just thought I was going to see some people get dunked in water and it was just going to be over, you know. Listen, church, if all church is, is some patty cake for Jesus and we just do some little thing and cross ourselves and leave. We should never come. There are those of you that are here who are broken in your life. You're broken in your marriage. You're broken in your finances. You're broken in, in your relationship with Jesus. You have a shriveled hand. And tonight, what the Lord wants to do is He's pointing directly at you and He's saying, stand forth. Come forth. Shriveled hands. Wounded places. Wounded spirits. Broken hearts and broken bodies get healed when people confess that thing and move forward. You don't need one thing that I got in the natural. 
But I'm like a spiritual mailman trying to deliver something to you. Some of you have been looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many places. Looking for love. Yeah. Look no further. Jesus is who you're looking for. How do you know? I know. And I used to sing that looking for love song in a three-part harmony. Never helped me. Is it possible that you have something withered in your life? I want to tell you something. I challenge you to refuse, listen to this, refuse to cope with what Jesus wants to heal you of. Refuse to cope with that which Jesus can deliver you from. Fear. Anxiety. The fear of man. Self. How about that? That's a big one. Deliver us from us. Some of you are so analytical, you just are all tormented in your mind about what the next thing is. You need the peace of God that passes all understanding. And just coming to church or just being religious isn't going to get that for you. You've got to meet Jesus. You've got to hear Him in the Spirit point His finger at you tonight and say, that shriveled place, I want to heal it. And then you have to say, oh, I want that too. And you've got to receive. He looked at them in verse 5. He looked around at them and gets, got angry. Deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. You know we get this picture that Jesus just never got angry. Well, got news for you. He did. He made a whip one time. Made a whip. He made a whip. Anybody ever made a whip? Okay, I have. I'm going to tell you something. Making a whip doesn't take you 30 seconds. You've got to get the leather. You've got to cut the leather. You've got to measure it. You have to sit there and braid it. You have to weave it together. Jesus made a whip. He knew exactly what He was going to do with His whip. It was premeditated. I'm going to the church. Yeah. I'm going to synagogue this morning. And he makes a whip. Weaves it tight. I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of whip it was. But it says that Jesus made a whip. You know what God wants to do? He wants to free you from religion. He wants to free you from the opinions of people. He wants to deliver you from your own self. He wants to deliver you from your shriveledness. Is that a word? He wants to set you free. And in fact, those things that keep you from moving forward in God are many times demonic spirits that try to hinder what God wants to do in your life. So what do I do about that? Overcome Pass through your opinions. Get over yourself. One of the reasons I couldn't stand to preach and minister to youth, although my heart's changed as I've grown up a little bit, 
as a why it's not always the case, but by and large, I used to think that, well, I mean, I know many youth come from hard homes, but they just haven't lived long enough to realize that Jesus really is the way. They just haven't had enough face punches yet from the devil to realize, gee, maybe I should listen. And the answer is not in texting my boyfriend who loves me like chocolate. If I can sow this morning's message into this evening's. And they just aren't hungry. Ministering to hungry, desperate people is probably my favorite thing to do. The prison's probably the greatest place to preach I've ever been to in my life. While they are not sure if you're real right at first, once they realize you are, and that God's anointed you or the team to minister, these men, and I've never ministered in a female prison, these men make an on-fire church look completely backslid. Why is that? Because they're so hungry, and they realize, my God, I've got nothing to lose. I'm at the dead end of dead ends. I'm scared. I don't, I don't want to get shanked. I don't want Bubba to come to my room. I'm totally serious. So you start crying out for God. You don't care what it looks like. You don't care whether your friend digs you getting hungry for God. You get dead. They got desperate for God. When, that, when those folks would amen, they, the whole building would shake. Amen! How hungry are you? How much do you want God to heal your withered hand? Well, I'm, I don't know. Well, then you can keep it. Stay withered. Stay broke. Stay disgusted. Jesus gets angry at that spirit. It's like he did here. When he questions them, they remain silent. They're quiet. Is Micah here? Please. Again, for me. The cry of our heart must be, I refuse to cope with that which Jesus can heal. You don't have to have a broken heart. You don't have to be disgusted. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to stay sick. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay addicted. You don't have to stay afflicted. You don't have to stay that way. You can be healed. But it's not religion and just going to some church that's going to get that for you. It's having an encounter with Jesus. It's meeting Him, hearing His voice saying, I see that withered thing. I see that broken place. I want to heal you. you just stand up on your feet? Just begin to ask God right now to come and help you. Heal you. Whatever that withered place is in your life. Holy Spirit, come.
Holy Spirit, come right now. Stretch forth your hand, O God, and touch your people. Heal them. Through and through. Broken bodies and broken hearts. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Outside of you. It's horrible. Lord, right now, come by Your power, by Your anointing. Jesus. Anybody with back problem right now, just come to the front if you need healing. Got a back problem? Come. There's a number of people with back problems. Scoliosis. Lower back pain. Turn the hearts, Jesus. 
Feel her back. Whoa. Healing Jesus. Lord, this neck right here, cause it to be healed. congregation, if you have some withered place in your life, places that are broken, where you need help, you cry out to God right now to touch you. Heal. Heal this back. The Lord says that even through this pregnancy, this is an unusual word. Come here, Tom. That even through this pregnancy, there's going to be a supernatural thing that happens with your back. I just see that there's some some supernatural things that happen with your body just because you got pregnant. It's kind of like through the birth and then through the pregnancy and through the the, the the whole gestation period and then the delivery, there's going to be a healing that comes to your whole body. I don't, I don't mean just your back. It's like your whole body. It's almost like God's going to use this child... God's going to use this child to, to align some things. It's going to be beyond herbs and beyond medicine. It's going to be beyond chiropractic, beyond all of that. There is a healing that this child is bringing, not only to, to you all, but to your family. A reconciler, a rebuilder of the wasted places. Rebuilder of the wasted places. A baby of reconciliation. Right from the get-go. It's already begun. It's going to bring healing to the hearts. It's going to bring families together. But it's like, even through the miraculous pregnancy and then birth, your physical body is going to undergo a miraculous healing by the hand of God. The hand of God is on you, even knitting that baby together in your womb as we speak right now. And I believe the Lord is saying, I'm going to not only do that, but I'm going to heal and knit your body together in a new way. I'm going to correct some things. It's almost like even some things that happened while you were in the womb. I mean, I see, I see the, such a deep work of healing that God is doing through you being pregnant and through your marriage. It's miraculous miraculous thing only God who would ever think that he would do it that way Lord do it we pray in the name of Jesus we say yes Lord heal right now
church right now, God. Touch your back. Touch your right. Carol Conway, would you help me, please? every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here tonight. You're here tonight. You don't know Jesus or maybe you have not been living for Him. All across this place, those on the world wide web, you've not been living for Jesus. But you realize, man, I I think I might have been religious or I, I don't know. I, I need Jesus, man. You realize you need something in your life. I'd encourage you to try Jesus. I'd encourage you to ask Him into your life in a sincere way. Watch what He does. He'll change you just just like He's changed so many of us. So wherever you are in your walk with God, it's not an accident that you've come here. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Christ, you want your sins forgiven, it's more than just going to heaven, people. It's having life and life abundantly right here on the earth. I've said it so many times, but if it was just about going to heaven, you'd croak the second you prayed a prayer of repentance. Here we are, still alive. Amen. Winners. In Christ. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. There's a number of people here. You gave your heart to the Lord while you were a young girl or a young man. And through the course of time, you never really made a choice to turn your back on Him. But through the course of time, there came a hardness of heart. You grew up in church, perhaps. And you're realizing now, my gosh, I think I've, I think I've gone a little bit too far away. I'm going to draw close. I'm going to come back to God. If that's you, you're giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you've been in that last category, you want to make a recommitment to Him all across this place. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. You want to give your heart to Jesus? You want to make a recommitment. You want to come back home. You want to come back home to God. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. Where are you? God bless you. Anybody else? You sure? All right. Ways and high, man. Amen. It's not something somebody can talk you into. You've got to make a choice yourself. Amen? Anybody else? Amen. In the end, you ain't going to be standing next to anybody. Just be you and God. Let's all pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Give me a new life. Help me to forgive. Heal me. Use me. And fill me. Give me a hunger for Your Word. A hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer.
Amen. Lord, I pray now for each and every one that prayed that prayer, that you'd fill them, that you'd touch them. In the name of Jesus. Heal and touch each and every one. Lord, I lift up those who are not able to be with us tonight that need healing. Ron Hole, you'd heal him if his cancer would go. I pray for Leila's sister-in-law that she would be healed right now. She goes into uh, a procedure. Lord, you'd heal her. You'd touch her. God, thank you for your miraculous power in our lives. Come on, those of you that needed healing, as I asked earlier in the service, check yourself out. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's the healer. He's the healer. Yes, He is. He is. Give God a hand clap of praise, won't you? Take someone by the hand. Father, thank You for what You've done tonight. Very simple service. Thank You for the testimonies, Lord, of the children and Your grace that's at work powerfully within our lives. Thank You, Lord, for the prophetic words that came forth today in Anchorage and this morning and tonight. Baby dedication. People giving their hearts to You. Thank You for visitors and people hearing the Gospel for even the first time perhaps. For those that are online. For all that You're doing. For all that You've done. And for all that You're going to do. We give You praise. Bless Your people. Cause Your face to shine upon them. Lift up Your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We hope to see you Tuesday night. 7.30. Praise God.